You're listening to Hive Hoops, a Charlotte Hornets podcast. Here's your host, Joshua Balta. Hive Hoops. I'm your host, Joshua Balta. The Hornets are fresh off of another win. Make that two in a row after defeating the Detroit Pistons, fellow Tankathoners. On Thursday evening, 113 to 103. That comes after the Hornets ended the New York Knicks' nine game winning streak earlier in the week. Hornets are now seven and three in their last 10 games, playing much, much better since the trade deadline and post All Star break. So we're going to delve a little bit into that. And then. We're going to play a little should so-and-so be back next season, should they not. Got that coming up on future episodes as well. Got some guests lined up that definitely want to talk about those topics. But I'm going to give you a little sneak peek, you know, a little sneaky peeky on this episode. Okay, so as already stated, the Hornets are playing much better since the NBA trade deadline. Moved off of Mason Plumley, moved off of Jalen McDaniels. We'll be getting into that later on in the episode as well. But since that time, the Hornets are seven and three in their last ten games. ESPN put out a graphic today detailing the top teams in the league since the NBA trade deadline. Since teams, you know, added some guys, subtracted some guys you know, really starting to piece their rosters together, make it what they want for the rest of the season. Of the top teams in regards and reference to defensive rating. Since that time, the Hornets have and own the second best defensive rating in the league. Now, why is that? couple reasons. Obvious reason, number one, right? Mark Williams, and the center play, okay? This is what the Charlotte Hornets fan base, okay? we For for such a long time, we thought the front office wanted these things too, but it just seemed like they just kept kicking the can down the road of adding that rim-protecting center and really bolstering the depth at that position. And it just seemed season after season after season that the Charlotte Hornets franchise was just not willing to either give up the assets necessary to go get, you know, a premier center like Miles Turner, as we've, you know, season after season after season, he's been rumored to Charlotte. It never happened. It's because the Charlotte Hornets weren't willing to part with those assets that the Indiana Pacers wanted from. So, okay, understand that. But then also not being able to – being willing to go out in free agency and sign guys, you know, who were making above $10 million at the center position. It just hasn't been one of those things where the front office is deemed going after and signing one of those free agent guys – at those prices, at the center position, it just wasn't a priority. 
And we've seen that offseason after offseason and trade deadline after trade deadline. And so now the Charlotte Hornets, Mark Williams, center of the future, so much to be excited for. He has changed the way that teams attack the Charlotte Hornets. It's just simply it's just simply the case. Mark Williams is a deterrent. And I've mentioned this in previous episodes. The center position in the NBA, what makes the difference is not the offensive game, it's the defensive game. That's what really separates a good center from a guy that can really, you know, he'll find himself on multiple teams, multiple rotations, just never seems to quite fit and become that guy. It's because of defense. And so Mark Williams is a deterrent in the paint. This is one of the key reasons as to why the Charlotte Hornets' defense has been vastly improved. Now, guys have also gotten healthy. During this time frame, we had Kelly Oubre come back, who is dedicated to the defensive end. Uh, that may be a little strong. More dedicated, all right, defensively than we've seen him in previous years, especially last season, his first season in Charlotte. So Kelly coming back has played a role in that. Dennis Smith Jr. being on this roster has definitely played a role in him you know, becoming healthy, things of that nature, right? And before we just start scapegoating and going, well, that's because LaMelo Ball's out and he's not playing and this is what happens and the team's so much better defensively when LaMelo Ball's off the floor and all of those things. I'm not going to say that the team's not better defensively when LaMelo's off, but LaMelo's played in half of those games as well. I mean, you go back, that was five games ago. So in the last 10 games, and when the Hornets went on that five-game winning streak, LaMelo Ball was playing, and the offense was performing at a high level. The defense was performing at a better level. And so it wouldn't be fair of us to say, well, oh, that's because LaMelo Ball's out. Yeah, defense is automatically going to get better. He's played a role in half of these games. So half of these statistical, uh, you know, well, not half of these statistical categories, but this singular statistical category, defensive rating, he's played a role in that. All right. And so, yeah, I think that we can all say that LaMelo still needs to, I, I would hope, I mean, there's plenty of people out there who don't want to hear what I'm about to say. LaMelo needs to improve def defensively. And I think that he has in areas as the season, ha uh, you know, was starting to, you know, grow and you get deeper into the season. I think that he was starting to, you know, make those strides. But LaMelo Ball can't be scapegoated and say, oh, it's because he's not playing. He played a role in half of these games. Now, on the flip side of that, the team does play with a slower pace without LaMelo. So th for the other five games, I think you can have it both ways here, all right? A lot of times people don't like that. But when you really want to look at the totality of what is creating, you know, this jump defensively, I think you have to take, you know, into consideration the, the games in which LaMelo Ball was 
present for this team and the games in which he's been absent. And the team does function at a slower rate and a slower pace without LaMelo, which is automatically going to bring the scoring down. Okay? We know LaMelo Ball pushes the pace uh, with the Charlotte Hornets team. And, you know, earlier in the season, the Hornets were top five in pace in the games that LaMelo Ball was available for the Hornets. Um, and opposed, they were not <laughs> in the top five. I don't know the number right off the top of my head uh, from previous in the season. I'd have to go back and look at that. But slower pace without LaMelo is playing a role in rec- here recently in the Hornets' you know, defensive uh, growth, I guess you could call it. Also, the offense is running through Terry and Gordon, all right? So Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, those guys don't play, all right? So I guess this kind of goes hand-in-hand with pace. Those guys aren't just screeching down the floor, you know, in transition, you know, shooting early in the shot clock threes. I think that's still a part of LaMelo's game that can also, you know, improve. A lot of times, you know, we we sit in awe as we watch him and just his confidence and that goldfish memory where he just forgets what happened previously on the on, on the most recent plays and he just comes down he's playing with just reckless abandon and you know he's hitting threes you know that's NBA NBA range and early in the shot clock and you know just no regard right for time like he's playing the same way no matter how much time's on the clock no matter what quarter it is no matter what the situation is LaMelo is playing with supreme confidence and the reason why he takes those shots is because he fully believes in himself that he's going to make those shots. There's no fear. So like many other NBA players, they say, hey, I need to pull this ball out. We need to take off time. So in case we don't score, right, at least we took off, you know, 20 seconds of, you know, game clock, right? To where LaMelo does not think that way. This is one of his greatest attributes and also – one of his most frustrating because sometimes it's just like we you, we don't need that right now. We don't need that that style of play. We don't need that three with 18 seconds left on the shot clock in this certain scenario. Maybe ever. I don't know. But that's what you get with him. And so it's it's one of his attributes, one of his characteristics that you know, is so desirable, you know, and, you know, infectious with the, with the fan base where you're just like, man, that's an, that's a guy who he just loves basketball and has supreme confidence. But then also when it doesn't work out, it's at a detriment to the team, right? Runouts happen, fast breaks, long rebounds, all of the things leading to transition points for other teams, fouls in the open court, you know, just things that you can't have on a regular basis, right? And so when this offense is running through Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward, it's just naturally also in the in the half court, not not in, you know, transition, but even in the half court, 
This team is going to be more methodical. We know Terry Rozier loves to dribble the air out of the basketball. I love Terry. I really do. He's one of my favorite Hornets players. Even if I believe that at this point in time, it may be it may be time to call to call some teams and say, okay, th- th- this isn't working. We got to move him, right? And we've discussed that previously in recent episodes, things like that. Love Terry Rozier, but he loves to dribble the air out of the ball. Gordon Hayward. He's just a methodical player. He wants to get to his spots. He's going to call for the screen. He's going to wait for it. He's going to come off the screen. He's going to get to his spot. He's going to put an elbow into you. He's going to hit that like little mini fader, or hopefully, you know, we hope he hits it, right? And so the the style of play is just different. It's just different without LaMelo Ball in. And so all of those things – the offensive differences, all right, as well as Mark Williams uh, being inserted and your main center in the rotation now, a true deterrent in the paint that the Hornets have not had in years. And then, yeah, possibly taking LaMelo, even on the defensive end, taking LaMelo out, replacing that, it, you know, him. With Dennis Smith Jr. minutes, things like that. Yeah, Dennis Smith Jr. is a better defensive player than LaMelo Ball. That's facts, right? And so you just combine all of that and you can start to see reasons as to why many people, all right, I know a lot of people weren't, but still why there were a good portion of people within the fan base that cover the organization, that you know, follow this team, create content, all of those things, that were excited about this season. I was one of them because even though this, the offseason was so terrible and just trash on top of trash, all right, there was still a pathway to this Hornets team being good. And, I, and in ways I didn't want it to be, I did because I'm a I love this team. I love this team. I cover this team. You know, I create for this team, uh, you know, all of the things. But I didn't want Mitch Kupchak getting off the hook and I felt like he might be able to with a LaMelo ball jump, with the defense jumping as well. And that's what we're starting to see. It took us some time, right? It took us some time, but this is this was always more so of what I had in mind, a team whose offense would stay relatively on par with what it has been in previous seasons, and then the improved defense. That's what I was looking forward to because with Clifford, I knew the defense would be better. It took us longer to get there. We needed to be a little bit more patient. Needed to, with the injuries, with, you know, guys playing with each other and learning these coverages and, you know, learning how to play defense with one another. It took time. We didn't want it to, but that's what we're starting to see. Injuries and time. The injuries kept this team from being able to play with one another and truly learn each other. Right. 
And so, yeah, a lot of these guys have played with each other for quite some time. But you did have some new pieces, Dennis Smith Jr., Teo Maladon, right? Mark Williams, even though he wasn't getting a lot of run at the beginning of the season, he was still new in practice, all of those things. You had Kai Jones in the G League, James Booknight in the G League, that whole back-and-forth game. These guys needed to learn each other. And then the Miles Bridges subtraction, it obviously played a role. A bigger one than I anticipated, personally. But this is what had me excited coming into the season because I felt like the offense was still going to stay relatively the same. But the defense, that's where I really thought that we were going to see those leaps, those jumps. And we are. But the damn injuries, man. And damn patience. All we needed was... Just we had to be patient because Mark Williams really wasn't ready at the beginning of the season. I know that this fan base, online, offline, I've seen all the things. They wanted Mark Williams earlier, and I get that. There's a part of me that really wanted Mark Williams earlier too. But I remember watching him in the summer league, and holy hell, he was soft. He just was so timid. There just wasn't a phys- a level of physicality to his game that you could see working in the NBA. And so the fact that we are starting to see these jumps defensively, these gains, these growths, injuries and in time, it robbed us of this uh, of this season, I guess you could say. Because we we could have seen this sooner. We could have been in play, all right, for a playoff spot. I truly believe that. Um, and that's that's one reason why, you know, a couple episodes ago I said I asked the question. As a fan base, do we owe Mitch Kupchak an apology to a degree? And I I think so. And that's one reason why I never tried to go scorch earth with it because I always felt like this team was better than what it was playing. And obviously injuries played a massive role in that. But then also some of your guys, they just, there were so many injuries. And I hate, I I hate using injuries as an excuse. I don't want that to be the excuse as to why this team wasn't more competitive this year early on. I had I don't like that because that is a roster construction problem at that point, right? Mitch has said that. He said, I should have done a better job creating the depth to where if we were missing guys for extended periods of time, we could still be competitive and stay in the playoff race, right? He, he, he said that. And so that that portion I agree with, you know, but that's why I never went scorch earth with it either. That's why, you know, do I think that Terry Rozier, LaMelo Ball backcourt is, you know, conducive to the success of this Hornets team moving forward? No, I don't. But I think that they can semi-coexist in smaller roles. All right? In the minutes that they share the court together, I think that they can be 
uh, effective. I think P.J. Washington is a piece moving forward. I just do. You don't find many guys who can play the four and also sometimes small ball five who can defend that well, especially late in games, and be able to hit threes at the clip that he does. So, I mean, his his shooting percentages are a little down. We're going to get into three-point shooting percentages here in a little bit. Oh, my gosh, it's been ugly with the Hornets this season. But P.J. shooting 35% currently, all right, from three. He's down, all right, last season 37%. Now he's at 35% this season. So that is down, probably increased opportunities, you know, trying to – trying to hit a 10-point shot when that doesn't exist when you're losing and you're just trying to come back and you get an open look and you're just hoping it down, right? You're not really – it wasn't your best effort. You're just hoping it falls so that your team can get back in this game when it's in the middle of a six-game losing skid, seven-game losing streak, and so on and so forth. But P.J. Washington is definitely a piece of this team and can be a – Solid piece on a playoff team in the NBA. I, I believe that because he offers you what every team needs. All right? Defensive capabilities and switchability defensively and being able to hit threes offensively. He's even adding a little bit of, you know, that little scoop like runner to his game. He's finishing better at the rim. He's a piece. Um, and so... Mark Williams, obviously, we're seeing that he is definitely a piece moving forward. Um, and so you have some pieces in place. It's not just you have to tear it and rip it all down. There are some pieces that are here in Charlotte that can contribute, all right, and be a part of a team. There, there was a really low point in the season. There's a really low point in the season. It's when everybody was injured, it felt like, right? LaMelo was out. Dennis Smith Jr. was missing time. And then, like, Terry would miss some time. And they kind of went back and forth for a minute. Um, and then Gordon, obviously, was out. Um, and, and, and the injuries, Cody Martin, the entire season out. And so... There were some dark moments where the team just looked pitiful. But it's because, I mean, when we really look back on it, injuries really did play such a large role in it. And when the guys did come back, another guy would go down. I mean, like when LaMelo came back and Oubre was coming back, like P.J. went down for a couple games, right? And then... PJ's about to come back and LaMelo goes down. And it's just like this whole season. Then we see Mark Williams tonight, all right, shooting this on Thursday night, going to drop it Friday morning. What, what? But we see Mark Williams go down tonight. The sprained thumb looked like he had to possibly pop it back into, uh, you know, into position, showing that on the TV. Eric Collins talking about it. Oh, it was it was facing the wrong direction. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's kind of big. Okay. Uh, but luckily, it seems that Mark is going to be okay. He even came back in the game, played a little bit before he, you know, eventually exited for good in the second half. But 
this team has some pieces. And that's why I didn't want this. I didn't want Mitch Kupchak, if I can rephrase. I didn't want Mitch Kupchak off the hook, and I don't think he's off the hook because this season has just been it's been too bad to let him off the hook. He's got some work to do still. But he guys, he hits in the draft. We I mean he Bryce McGowan's getting the deal. Mark Williams is looking like a solid pick. He gained another 2023 first, which he loves this 2023 draft. He does. Trading away Jalen McDaniels. He got another 2023 pick. Looking to make some moves in this draft. Okay. The Hornets will go grab and get their guy in this draft. They have the assets to do so. I don't know where that'll be. I don't know if it'll be first round. I don't know if it'll be second round. But the Hornets have the assets in order to go up and get the guy that they want, you know, when it makes sense on the board for them to go and do that. But even with this team having some pieces, I've still been a voice stating that this team has to make changes. And so at the trade deadline, Mason Plumlee goes away. Good. Had to happen. I was starting to get worried that Mitch was going to say, you know what, he's playing the best seat, you know, best season of his career. He's really helping us in this time. You know, let's bring him back next year on a one year deal. I was really getting nervous about it. I truly was. And, you know, maybe I shouldn't have been. Maybe I should have had full trust in Mitch that he also saw, like the rest of this fan base, that it was time. Plumley had to move on. We had to open up those minutes. Mark Williams had to see the floor. Nick Richards needed to see the floor as well. Okay. Jalen McDaniels moving. Okay. Um, that was a stomachable roster casualty to me. It just was. I liked Jalen. I liked what he provided. Uh, given the choice between him and a couple other Hornets, I may have even chosen him. but Or to keep him, that is. But at the end of the day, like, it's okay that this team moved on from Jalen McDaniels. It's okay. And it's at the end of the day, it's because this team, although they do have some pieces, there needs to be some changes as well, right? You can't just bring back Cody Martin, Jalen McDaniels, Bryce McGowans, Kai Jones, James Booknight, Nick Richards, JT Thor. I mean, that's half of your roster. That's half of your roster. If you just name those guys, those guys cannot be your eighth best player on a in your rotation. It, that's not where they're at currently. Maybe Nick Richards as your backup center, but then you don't really want him as like that seventh, eighth option either. You probably want him as your ninth option. You want a true sixth man off of the bench. You want your second guy off the bench to be near six-man level type of play. It doesn't have to be six, you know, your top option, but you want your second option to be pretty good as well. Your third option, you need solid. Uh, they need to be able to do something well, whether that be shoot, defensively, rebound, move the basketball offensively. 
any of those things, right? That's what you need. And so when we start looking at this team, we couldn't have all of those guys return. That just wasn't going to bode well for this team next year. And so when that gets brought up, Kelly Oubre and Dennis Smith Jr. come to mind. And those two are making it pretty damn hard to say no to them returning to Charlotte next season. But then I look at their three-point percentage. And then it makes it pretty damn easy to say no to them not returning to Charlotte next season. Kelly Oubre is shooting 31% from three on the season. Now, granted, he did endure an injury that he ended up having to have surgery on, so that has definitely affected that number, but he's a 33% career three-point shooter. That's what he is. And so he's he's not much below his career average. That's pretty much who he is. So, yeah, give him a couple extra percentage points because of his injury, playing through that, his wrist not being, you know, 100%. Okay, he's still in the low 30s. Dennis Smith Jr. is shooting 21% from three this season. I'm going to say that again in case you missed that. You don't have to hit the rewind button. You don't have to hit the 10 seconds back. I'm just going to say it again for you. Dennis Smith Jr. is shooting 21% from three this season. That's awful. The Charlotte Hornets as a team are shooting 29th in the league this season. They're not shooting 29%, but they are ranked 29th this season in regards to three-point percentage. Two seasons ago, they were 14th in the league. Last season, just a year ago, 6th. Dramatic drop in three-point percentage for the Charlotte Hornets. And these are the reasons why it's just hard to convince me that we need to bring Kelly Oubre and Dennis Smith Jr. back next year. This team needs better three-point shooting. LaMelo Ball provides that. Terry Rozier provides that. He's down a little bit this year, actually, as well. He's shooting 33%, and he's had a down year. Gordon Hayward is shooting 33% on the season. He's having a down year as well from three. LaMelo Ball was shooting close to 37%, so he was pretty much on par to where he was and where he has been his you know, first couple seasons in the league. But overall, this team needs better shooting. But then what makes it difficult is you see Dennis Smith Jr. and his defensive capabilities and his ability to attack the rim and finish at the rim. Dennis Smith Jr. is pretty good at finishing at the rim. Dennis Smith Jr. is pretty good at defending opposing guards. And if that boy could develop a jump shot this summer may have me second guessing me not being 
and driving that Dennis Smith Jr. back in Charlotte train next season. Kelly Oubre, he looks as if he's dedicated on the defensive end. Dedicated is a strong word again. More dedicated. Second time I've had to do that this episode. Never thought he'd be a Cliff guy, but he seems to have really bought in to Steve Clifford, defensive principles, defensive schemes, what's going to make him the best player that he can be and also provide for the team. And Kelly Oubre is taking those steps. And so when I see Kelly Oubre giving effort and being in the right spots defensively and closing out hard, getting rebounds, I mean, Kelly Oubre is one of the better rebounders on the team. Career high in points, rebounds, assists, I think by like .01 or something like that, but. Still a career high, right? Yeah. And so you see some of these things that they that that like Kelly Oubre is working on. It's like, okay, those are things this team does need. They need wings with length who will work hard defensively. This team needs a backup point guard who is defensive-minded primarily, offensive, secondary. But that jump shot's got to get better. So that's my biggest worry. Yet they add some big, they add some good positives. I love Kelly Oubre's energy. I love the passion that he plays with. He lo- he always seems like he's having fun. Dennis Smith Jr., his rim pressure, his defensive capabilities, uh, his second chance, you know, he you know, feeling like he's almost out of the league and like that whole redemption story and this being the spot, his home state being where he's able to find himself again. It's beautiful. And so I don't want to bring everybody back. I don't want Teo Maladon back next season. I know that a lot of people enjoyed watching him. I don't want him back next season. I don't want him taking up one of the 15 roster spots. I want better players and I know it's tough like at the end of that bench 15th player on the roster beggars can't be choosers you're gonna have to have some young guys I want but I don't want Teo Mellon on back next season I just don't okay I didn't want Plumlee back so that's good moved off of him McDaniels I could have been okay with McDaniels coming back but I felt like Somebody else, a, a Cody Martin, needed to be gone in that case. Cody obviously didn't have any trade value whatsoever because of his injury. So Jalen has to be the one that gets cut. All right? I'm okay with that. All right? that Jalen McDaniels is not going to make or break this roster. He's just not. I don't want Gordon Hayward back next season. He's a walking injury just waiting to happen. And he's been playing really well for us here recently. That's never been the knock on Gordon. When he plays, he provides. He just doesn't play enough. I don't want him on the team. I want that 30 mil opened up uh, to where the Hornets could bring in additional players, um, you know, for cheaper. Maybe multiple players. Maybe add in a guy on a $20 million salary and a 10. 
and they become rotational players. They leapfrog a JT Thor, for instance, because JT Thor, while I like what he does defensively, his offensive game is still years away. I don't really want JT Thor in this rotation next season because that means that there's a real ceiling to the team if we just have a bunch of these guys taking up half of our roster spots. Okay. I don't mind if JT Thor's on the roster. Okay. I think he needs to be. I like JT Thor. I don't want Gordon Hayward on the roster. I want that money freed up. I don't want James Booknight on this roster. I just don't. It's not doing anything for him. It's not doing anything for the Charlotte Hornets. It's time. He's not. This isn't the place where he's thriving. He's in Greensboro. We have Svi Mihailuk getting minutes tonight against, you know, the Detroit Pistons. And some people will say that's just, that's ridiculous. And there's a, there's a part of me that's with you on that. Like, why is Svi in the game? Why is he playing? Like, these could be minutes for other guys, for JT Thor, for Kai Jones, James Booknight, for that matter, Bryce McGowan's. Like, I don't want, I don't want to see Spee on the floor right now. But at the same time, James Booknight stuck in Greensboro. He can't even get back to the senior squad. I mean, I don't want him taking up a roster spot. Yeah, we missed on that one, it seems. And if we didn't, because we haven't given him enough time to really showcase and prove it, is it going to happen here in Charlotte? Is this a Malik Monk story again, all over again? Maybe. I want to see him succeed. I do. I just don't think it's going to be in Charlotte. And uh, it's just, I mean, the guy's coming off the bench half the time in Greensboro. It's just. I don't want him on the roster next year. I just don't. And so when you take all those things in, those open up spots. And then the next ones that I would bring up would be Kelly Oubre and Dennis Smith Jr. Do I really want them on the roster next season? Eh, maybe. They're still auditioning. Can they show something else over these last 15, 16 games that they haven't shown previously? Maybe, yeah. We'll see. Just not quite sure whether to make a decision on them or not quite yet. And their numbers definitely make a – that's definitely going to uh, play a role. Because if Kelly Oubre eclipses anything where he's at currently, uh, no, I'm sorry. Not trying to pay Kelly Oubre $17, $18 million a year. Not doing that. P.J. Washington – Yes, I will pay P.J. Washington $17 to $18 million a year. I'm not paying Kelly Oubre that. Damn sure not paying Dennis Smith Jr. that. Not that he would command that much money. Not even close. But we'll be talking about it on, pre, uh, on episodes to come. Got some guests lined up. Going to get their thoughts on it. Charlotte Hornets. Playing better, even though LaMelo Ball, look, had a three-game losing streak, right? You know, coming off of LaMelo's injury. Beating the New York Knicks was a big win to get back on track. Detroit Pistons, whatever. 
can't outsuck the Pistons, man. They're just they're gonna outsuck us for sure. Okay. Just is what it is. But thanks for jumping on another episode of Hive Hoops. I'm your host, Joshua Balta. Until next time, adios. Thanks for listening to Hive Hoops, presented by the League. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to leave a review and let us know what you thought of the episode. Thanks again from Hive Hoops.